quiet in here. Well, thank you so much for coming to Word of Life Chapel this morning. Sorry, we're, we're starting a couple minutes later. We're getting a video up and running here for, for our announcements this morning. But uh, a couple of announcements to share with you as we begin our service. First of all, there's a spaghetti lunch and pie auction following the service today. Um, some of you have asked, if you didn't sign up, could you still come? Yes, you can still come. Um, we are going to be pretty full. I think we've set up for about 120 people. So, um, but, but if you'd like to still come, we will do our best to, to accommodate. Um, the 12 months of serving, there's an announcement in here for blessing bags to benefit Hope Taven. We're actually going to touch on that more after Easter. So if you could just uh, keep that in the back of your mind, um, and we'll touch on that more after Easter. Prayer for our nation. Um, on Sundays at 8.30 in the basement, uh, there's a time of prayer for our country. Next week, since there's no Sunday school, and since our service is beginning at 9.30, that will begin at 9 a.m. So 9 a.m. instead of 8.30. Easter will be at 9.30. Um, this coming Friday, we are having a good Friday service. It's going to begin at 7 p.m. There will be nursery for the little ones, but again, 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. Um, we'd like to congratulate Jake and Miranda Sprangle, who had a little boy, Benjamin David, this past Tuesday, and uh, the rest of the family as well. Steve and Pam have an announcement they'd like to make. As part of the um, 12 months of serving in the month of April and maybe into uh, May, We'll be doing some projects around Lifeline Pregnancy Care Center in Millersburg. Um, Tim Pritchard doesn't know it because he, he left Sunday school. I guess Lynn just pulled him out before I had a chance to ask him, but he's going to head up the, um, <laughs> the painting, the painting of some of the rooms in, uh, uh, there, there are four rooms that, and the hall on the first floor that need to be, be uh, painted. And we could use some drop cloths. If any of you have drop cloths to, that we could use, uh, let, let Tim know, and, or you can let us know. And I don't know if any of you like to paint or are good at painting, but you can, if you would like to help, you're welcome to. You can do that. This part, the one that you're leading up. Oh, the one I'm leading up. Yeah. Uh, they want to do some carpet cleaning in some of the rooms as well. So after the painting has been done, uh, we figure we can do all the carpet cleaning inside of a day if we have enough help to move furniture. If we have a couple of teams that we can work together, maybe two separate teams to work two rooms at one time, somebody move the furniture out, a couple people to run the, the cleaners to clean the carpet and vacuum it afterward and then move the uh, furniture back in. It's, uh, what is it, three room, four room, something like that. It's not, not a whole lot of work, uh, big area, but there's a lot of furniture to be moved, so we're going to need some help with that. And they don't have much of a yard, but it needs to be cleaned up a bit, and they have a hedge that needs the leaves cleaned out and, and trimmed. And Greg Dobbin, I did talk to him, and he's, he's going to head that up. So if I don't know how many people in our Sunday school class or the teens are interested in helping with that, but if, if you'd like to help with that at all, you can talk to him. And um, 
if you would like to help, but you can't help with any of that, we are going to be taking up collections for of, of baby items, diapers, wipes, baby food, and Amanda Lebo will get a list of what needs what they need, and in the next week or two, we'll have an insert in the bulletin for that. Is that all? Can I go now? You can go now. I'll go with you. All right. What a great way to get involved and help a, a local place in our community. Um, at this time, if you remember back a couple of months ago, Don and Chrissy Chubb and um, I actually wasn't here that Sunday. I think their little ones were here with them as well, right? Were here and, and came and they shared a little bit about their lives in Mexico. Um, they're missionaries that we support as a church in Mexico. And um, we're going to show a, a little video of them driving through some of their roads. So, um, and then Kathy's going to come up and, and speak for a minute after. I wonder why they're going so slow. What you didn't get to hear were the, the children in the back. Like, <laughs> they hit one area where it was all water ahead of them and they were going to have to drive through it. And it came up and they were like, is it going to come in the car, you know? And the kids are so excited in the back. Their, their mouths are just going, 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 going. <laughs> and they saw cows and, you know, that looked like they were going to run into. And it was really, really rocky. So they videotaped a whole lot of their trip uh, getting into where they were going to go. And if you were with us that day when they shared about where they were going to be, um, they talked about the cartel is all around them in this little village where they are, and they're kind of like even a protection for them, so they weren't too concerned about that. But um, I did get a, uh, an email from um, Don. I asked him, is there any specific prayer requests that you have right now? And he just said, pray for safety for them. They're helping another couple that are natives there that live right into in the little area where they're going to be, where they're going to have church. He's taking care of a lot of solar panels right now, so safety. He asks for safety for the things they're doing there. They're going to try and get their wells running again because the government had come in and, and did that whole system for them, but then left it go. So a lot of stuff has deteriorated. And that's what he's going to go out and work on some of those areas so they can get that pipeline running again and get some fresh water into where they're at. So safety, opportunity to witness to the people, the people who live in this little community work pretty much for the cartel. And they're growing the, the, the coke, you know, like the cocaine, the, the, where the cocaine comes from stuff. That's what they do, so it's really hard for them 
if they would change their lifestyle and come out of that, it's really hard for them then because the cartel will not like that. Um, because then they will not, they'll feel convicted and not be able to continue to work, do the work that they were doing there. So um, a whole lot of things, but just that, that they'd have opportunity with people, the language, their youngest, uh, their um, little girl, um, Lily, she is so excited about being there and being with the children there. She wants to lead them to the Lord, so she's asking her mom to help her with the Spanish so she can speak more. So it's just, it's a great opportunity for the whole entire family. But just pray, please pray for their safety and stuff. On the back of your bulletins, you have a listing of all of our missionaries and where they are. So there's a lot of information right there that you can just pray. When you're praying through the prayer list during the week, Take the, take the back of your bulletin and pray for our missionaries that are around the world. They would greatly appreciate that. And then I'm also going to put a plug in for Tuesday night. Our Ladies Fellowship got canceled last Tuesday because of the weather. So I put the sign-up sheet back on the bulletin board. If you think you can come this Tuesday, add your name to the list, and then we'll, um, we'll count you in. All right, thanks. Would you stand with us to worship the Lord together this morning? Welcome you here, Lord. 
we all experience love differently. Sometimes it's just a handshake or a hug. Or if it's someone you really love, you give them a nice big kiss. I remember my grandson, when he was really little, used to say, I love you this big. And he'd just get all excited. And then it was, I love you to the moon and back. And then he now he says, I love you clear out through the universe. So God's love is special. Human love can never compare to what we have in God's love. He loved us enough to die for us. As a child, I ask my mother, how much do you love me? Then she threw her arms wide open for my little eyes to see. Then she told me of the Savior on a hill so far away then i heard how much he loved me my life will never be the same i love you this much then he opened his arms and died for me I love you this much then he bowed his head at Calvary oh what mercy was revealed as his precious blood was spilled with arms open wide my savior cried i love you this much many times we've heard the story we memorized john 3:16 but sometimes we take for granted just how he died for you and me when my heart fails to be thankful for the price he paid for my sin just take me back to calvary to those As he bowed his head at Calvary. Oh, what mercy was revealed 
bed was filled with arms open wide. My Savior cried, I love you this much. Then he opened his arms and died for me. I love you this much as he bowed. mention a couple things on your prayer sheet if you have them. Um, this Friday, being Good Friday, uh, there's a few folks who are having surgeries, Reed Lebo and Mary Alice Young. Uh, so keep both of these folks in prayer. And then also um, Heidi Mace, as well as her uh, two daughters, Abby and Chloe, uh, they made it to Germany this past Friday. Uh, so they're with her husband, Wayne, uh, husband and fa father, Wayne, now, um, till I believe it's April the 3rd. Uh, so that's an answer to prayer. A couple glitches. Uh, well, actually, the day they were to fly out was the snow day. Uh, so that was canceled, and then they missed a flight, uh, but they're finally there and um, doing well. So we thank the Lord for that. And Pastor Tony mentioned uh, the birth of little Benji that we need to pray for as well. So, Father, we thank you now that um, you have allowed us to meet together once again. Father, it's good to be here. Father, as we begin this uh, week we call Passion Week, uh, leading up to Easter, Lord, it's a special time of the year. Uh, we thank you for that. Father, we thank you as well for the love that you've shown to us, as uh, Gene has reminded us. Uh, Father, for God has loved the world so much so that he gave his one and only son. We thank you, Lord, that you have loved us in that way and you have provided for us a great and wonderful salvation. And so, Father, we come before you now and we do want to lift before you this uh, new family, uh, having brought this little boy into the world, Benji. And uh, we do pray that you would give Jake and Miranda great wisdom as they train and raise this little boy. And we thank you, Lord, that he came into the world healthy. Father, there were concern, some concerns there for a while, but, Father, everything's fine, and we praise you for that. We thank you, too, Lord, for the arrival of the uh, Maces to see Wayne. Uh, we do pray that you would just give them a wonderful stay. Uh, we pray that the reunion now would be just a, a great time where they can um, catch up and uh, renew and uh, Father, we just pray that you would watch over them. Uh, Father, we pray, too, for Reed and Mary Alice this Friday as, Father, they will be experiencing 
uh, surgeries. We pray that, Father, they might uh, go into these surgeries anticipating uh, a good uh, report and a good procedure. And we just pray that you would remove any anxiety, calm the nerves, and just help them to go in your strength. Father, again, we thank you for the Chubbs. Father, we thank you for this family that has um, left and gone now down to Mexico. We commit them to you. Uh, Father, we were reminded of their um, living conditions. Uh, Father, we pray for safety, as has been asked. We pray also for opportunities as they uh, spread the gospel uh, to those who are in great need. So, Father, we commit them to you, as well as our other missionaries, Lord who are doing such a great job. Thank you for their faithfulness. Uh, Father, now we pray for this service. We do ask, Lord, that you would guide us. You give us the direction we need. Would you remove the distractions now? Lord, we know that uh, we come with our minds filled with stuff, uh, filled with um, things, Lord, that we want to leave on the outside so that we might be able to hear your good word. Uh, Father, I pray that you might Uh, use our time together and help us, Lord, to draw close to you. Uh, So we thank you again for our good time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Leonard's going to come and lead us in another hymn, Hosanna, loud Hosanna, hymn number 134. I'm going to ask you to stand with me as we sing this hymn, 134, then those in junior church can be dismissed. 134. 34.
This morning, I want for us to understand the word omniscience. What does it mean to be omniscient? Omniscience is one of the great attributes of God. And although I know there are some who think they know it all, only Jesus knows it all. And the definition of omniscience is just that, to know everything, and God does. Now, Jesus, being God, knows everything as well. Jesus is omniscient, which means he knows everything past, everything present, and everything that will take place in the future. And so as we approach Palm Sunday today, and we look at this text in Luke chapter 19, I want to come at it from the angle of Jesus knowing some things that haven't happened yet, but he knows that they will. And so as I read Luke 19, I want you to listen. Listen carefully, because I want you to see whether you can see where those passages are. Where it is said that Jesus knows something is going to happen before it actually happens. Jesus is omniscient. He knows all things, not just things in the past, but also things to come. Luke chapter 19, verse 28. It says, After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead and going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the ground. When it came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd, they said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and he saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it's hidden from your eyes. 
The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. Palm Sunday is the beginning of Passion Week. Passion Week are the final seven days of Jesus here on earth. Palm Sunday begins on Sunday, and Passion Week ends on Easter. It's the beginning of the end of the work of Jesus' ministry here on earth. And it's the day that Jesus enters into the holy city. It's the day that Jesus goes to Jerusalem riding on a donkey. Jesus and his disciples, they travel to this place called the Mount of Olives. And you see the map. You, I wanted you to see this map because I wanted you to see what is there at the Mount of Olives. We're, we're not far from Bethpage. Uh, you also see Bethany on this map. Jerusalem is only a few miles away. And we're going to talk about all of these villages and cities in just a moment. It was during a great Passover celebration. Israel was, their whole lives were surrounded by these holy days in which God has established. And so there's a great crowd right now in the city of Jerusalem. The pilgrims, they went. These Jewish people, they went by the tens of thousands. And they fill the city streets. And it's on this day, it's on this Sunday, that Jesus sends two disciples to the place called Bethpage to get a colt, to get a donkey, that he might ride into this city. We call this ride the triumphal entry. So let's get back now to this word omniscience. The first place I see this is when Jesus knew ahead of time that the donkey in Bethpage would be available. I see his omniscience in the details. When these disciples, when they actually get to Bethpage, they get to this village. Now I know some believe that this was all prearranged, that Jesus was in Bethpage prior to this, although the scriptures never say that he actually visited this village of Bethpage. But some would say, well, he knew the owner. He knew the donkey was there in the, in, in the pen. Uh, he knew the donkey had not been ridden. And so when he told the disciples to go and he spelled out all of these details, it was all prearranged. That's a possibility. But there's others who believe, and I believe myself, as Donald Gray Barnhouse said, Jesus obtained the cult by supernatural knowledge. That being God in flesh, he knew. He knew what was in that village, even though he had not been there before. And this seems to be evidence of his omniscience. Let me mention a few details. First of all, the detail of the donkey himself. If he was never there 
to say that you will find this donkey in such and such a place certainly is evidence that Jesus knew ahead of time. The detail of the donkey having been one that was never ridden. No one's ever gotten up on top of that animal. Jesus knew that ahead of time. Further evidence of his omniscience. And then for Jesus to have the knowledge that the disciples are going to be asked the question, why are you untying this donkey? And for that very thing to happen. Again, when you begin to string all of these details together, it leads me to believe that Jesus was able to foresee exactly what would take place in this village. You know, the whole triumphal entry was prophesied in the Old Testament. We can go all the way back to the book of Zechariah, 500 years prior to the actual entering into the city by Jesus in this account. And there we read these words. Rejoice greatly, 500 years prior. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, a colt, the foal of a donkey. It was predicted that this event would take place, that Jesus would sit upon a donkey, and in great humility, he would come. There is a day coming when he would come as, or will come as Lord of Lords and King of Kings, but not this time. This time he comes lowly. He comes riding on a colt. He comes in meekness because he came the first time to lay down his life for many. He came this first time to give his life a ransom for sinners. He came the first time to save people from their sins, to seek and save the lost. But we know when he rode into this city, although there were hosannas and hallelujahs and rejoicing, it wouldn't be long until they turned to shouts of crucify him. But when Jesus came, he came to save his nation. He came to save the Jews. And the Bible says in John chapter 1 that when he came to his own, his own did not even receive him. They rejected him as their Messiah. But it goes on to say in John chapter 1, to all who did receive him and to those who did believe in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. And as we heard quoted earlier, in John 3, verse 16, For God, he so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came the first time to save. Jesus came this first time to die. Jesus came the first time to bring people to believe in his name. That's the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus saves and Jesus alone. For Jesus said, I am the way, not a way or not another way. I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the way to the Father. And no one comes to that Father except through me. 
God loved us so much that he did open his arms this wide and say, come to me, believe in me, and I will give to you eternal life. I think he knew. I really believe he knew and didn't prearrange this at all. But he was able to foresee exactly what would take place when the disciples got to the village to bring him back that donkey. The other place in this text I see his omniscience is that he knew that the stones would cry out. He knew that the stones would cry out. As I said, the Jews are glad to see Jesus. They were filled with joy. They were filled with praise. They spread their cloaks on the ground. John's gospel tells us they had palm branches. And they shouted their hallelujahs and they shouted their hosannas. But why all this excitement? Why such praise? Well, the text tells us at the end of verse 37, it says uh, they begin to joyfully praise God in loud voices. Why? Because of all the miracles that they had seen. They saw Jesus do miracle after miracle after miracle. One of the most recent was in the village of Bethany. And there in Bethany lived a man by the name of Lazarus with his sister Mary and Martha. And Lazarus died. And Jesus went to that village and raised him to life. These people, they saw that. They experienced that. They heard about that. Another recent miracle was the miracle of Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was blind. He was a beggar. And he sat along the roadside with a cup, begging people. And Jesus comes and talks to him. And he looks at Jesus and says, have mercy on me. And Jesus heals him, him of his sight. It's these kinds of things that the people saw. They knew that this was Messiah. Even the book of Isaiah tells us that the miracles of the Messiah will be those of healing the blind giving sight to those who cannot see. And did you know that if you look through the Gospels that Jesus brought sight to more people than any other healing? It was a fulfillment of the book of Isaiah when it says that the Messiah will come and restore sight to the blind. They knew who he was. They knew he was the Messiah. They saw the miracles. There's another reason they were shouting hosannas. Verse 38 says, they said, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Mark's gospel has this same account, but uses these words. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. The crowd was looking for deliverance. They were looking for a king. They were looking for one to be able to come and, and, and free them of the Roman oppression in which they were under. This horrible, cruel captivity. But Jesus didn't come this time as king of kings. He came riding on a donkey. You see, the Jews didn't quite understand who Jesus really was. Oh yes, this is Messiah. But they weren't looking for a Messiah 
to bring freedom from sin. They were looking for a Messiah that might bring freedom from oppression. They weren't looking for a Messiah that would bring peace with God. They were looking for a Messiah that might bring peace to earthly turmoil. They were looking for a different kind of Messiah. That's why they called him king. But at this point, they were rejoicing. At this point, they were excited. At this point, they were overjoyed. But the mood is going to quickly change. The mood will quickly change. These same voices who shouted Hosanna on Sunday will yell crucify him on Friday. These same voices that cry hallelujah on Sunday will shout give us Barabbas on Friday. The mood quickly changes from Sunday to Friday. Not everybody, however, was rejoicing. We read here of the Pharisees. They thought this whole rejoicing thing was blasphemy. How dare you bow down before this man? The Pharisees, they're not excited. As a matter of fact, they came to Jesus knowing that they couldn't do it. They said, Jesus, hush the crowd. Calm these people down. And what did Jesus say? He said in verses 39 and 40, it says, some of the Pharisees in the crowd, they said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones themselves will cry out. The stones themselves will cry out. Here's where I see once again the omniscience of Jesus. The Pharisees are requesting Jesus to calm the crowd down. And Jesus said, this is a day of praise. And if they don't do it, then these rocks will. I read a very interesting article, and I want to read it to you because I... I really like what this lady says about the rocks crying out. She says, the Bible states in Romans chapter 8 and verse 22 that all of creation groans because of the sinful state of man. Now, we know that. The world groans because of sin. Adam sinned and sin came into the world. All creation groans. Deductive reasoning would allow us to see that the earth could see their creator, capital C, she's referring to Jesus, so the earth could see their creator, Jesus, going into Jerusalem with a city filled with praises and worship. What a beautiful sight this must have been. Finally, man was doing what God created him to do. What are we created to worship God, to bow down before Jesus, to sing hallelujahs and hosannas? 
Finally, she says, man is doing on this Palm Sunday what they have been created to do. Worship the Creator. Worship Jesus. The branches of the trees were laid in front of the two donkeys. The songs of Hosanna were ringing in the air. And in the midst of the throng of people, a few Pharisees wanted all of this to stop. Yes, she goes on to say, the rocks would have cried out. Man refusing to give Jesus the Creator his just due of praise and adoration will make the creation shake, the creation tremble, roar, cry, clap, and worship God in our place. Jesus was making the observation. If he is not praised by one portion of his creation, man, the other portion of his creation would pick up the slack and would praise him even more. With this in mind, it does make one wonder about the world we live in today. About 7.4 billion people live on this planet. Comparatively, a very small number practice true heartfelt worship of their creator on a daily basis. Is it any wonder the mountains and the hills and the rocks and the trees, they continue to shake, rattle, and roll? They're picking up man's slack. Jesus came on this day and he said to the Pharisees, I will be praised. And if these people don't do it, that which I have made will. Have you ever wondered why there isn't more praise in the world today? Do we just save our praise for Christmas and Easter? Is praise just something we do inside the walls of the church? We come on Sundays to sing the songs and pray the prayers and listen to the message, but then we leave and we put on our outside the church faces, back to business as usual. But don't the blessings of God extend beyond these walls? Hasn't God blessed you without measure? in so many areas of life. And so it ought not just be inside church that we sing praises, but even outside our walls. The book of Nehemiah says, Stand up and praise the Lord your God, for he lives from everlasting to everlasting. And this article states that if the people of God will not praise him, then the stones will. And the trees will, and the earth will. Jesus knew that. He knew that if he were to stop man from praising him on that day, his creation would begin to shout. The third thing I see is that Jesus knew the judgment of Israel. Jesus knew the judgment that was going to take place upon the city of Jerusalem. Jesus rides this donkey. He leaves the Mount of Olives. And when he begins to see the city of Jerusalem, when he gets close enough to see the city, the Bible says he begins to weep. He begins to cry. 
And the word that is used here, it's not just a tear draw, falling from one of his cheeks. It's the idea of when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember when he was prayed and great drops of blood came on his forehead? He was in great anguish. That's the idea here. That as he sits on this donkey, he is in great anguish over the city of Jerusalem. But why? Because the people were ignorant of who Jesus was and what he was offering to them. Again, Jesus didn't come as a military leader. He came offering them salvation through his blood. He's offering them peace with God. And yet he knows that they're going to reject him. He knows that in a few days he's going to go to a cross. He knows in a few days he's going to be beaten and whipped and nailed to that old rugged cross. He knows that in a few days the shouting is going to change. The mood will change. And the people who are singing on this day, they are the very ones who will reject him in just a few days. And what Jesus does at the end of this text is he pronounces judgment against them. And what Jesus describes here in verses 41 to 44 is the destruction of the city of Jerusalem. We know from history that about 40 years after this triumphal entry, Jerusalem came into the city of Jerusalem or the Romans came into the city of Jerusalem and besieged it. We have the account right here. Let me read it to you again. Jesus says this in verse 42. Let's, let's look at verse 43. The days will come upon you when your enemies, those are the Romans, they will build an embankment against you and encircle you, hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground and you and your children within the walls, they will not leave one stone on another. Why? Because you did not recognize the time of God's coming. You didn't recognize that I am God in flesh. You didn't recognize me as your Messiah. Not the military leader. Not the Lord of your lords. Not this time. But I came as the Prince of Peace. I came humbly riding on a donkey to bring you eternal life. You see, Jesus knew that. This, once again, it reveals his omniscience as Messiah and God. He knew what was going to take place 40 years from this account. And it happened exactly the way he described it here. So let me try and bring this home to where the wet rubber meets the road. Because of their rejection of Jesus, Jerusalem will be destroyed. This is catastrophic for them. But did you know that your rejection of Jesus today is no less catastrophic? In John chapter 3, we already looked at verse 16, and that's usually where we stop. But I want to keep reading. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. So to not believe in Jesus is condemnation. To not believe in Jesus, to reject him, is condemnation. And see, if you don't believe in him, you, you're rejecting him. And the Bible says there, it says you're already condemned. So if you do nothing at all with Jesus, because you have been born with a sin nature, because you sin on a regular basis, because of sin, we've fallen short. If you do nothing at all with Jesus, the Bible says you are condemned already. That's why the importance of believing in his name. You see, when Jesus came to them, they rejected him. He came to his own, John 1, and his own did not receive him. And Jesus looks ahead, and he sees the great devastation that's going to take place in the city of Jerusalem. Jesus gave these people their opportunity. And they missed it. They rejected the very one that could save them. What about you? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, today is the day of salvation. Today. Not tomorrow. Not a week from now. Oh, you may have an opportunity, but you may not. Today is the day of salvation. We don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know whether we'll be here tomorrow. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Today is the day that God has given you an opportunity to step into a relationship with himself through Jesus. The Bible is quite clear. It says that we've all sinned and we've fallen short of God's glory. God has set a standard in which no one can meet. God is a holy God. God says, this is how you must obey to get into my heaven. And no one can do it. God's standard is a standard of perfection. And so we've fallen short of God's expectations of us. He expects of us perfection. We can't do it. And so we've fallen short. It's called sin. But Jesus came to save us from that sin. When he shed his blood... It was for the purpose of saving us, being able to forgive us so that we might in him have righteousness. The Bible says we need to do two things. We confess our sins and trust Christ to save us from those sins. Today is your opportunity. Don't let it pass by. In your heart, this morning, this afternoon, tonight before you go to bed. Confess your sins to Jesus and trust him for your salvation. I put a little tract out in the um, foyer table. It says eternal life. And if you have questions about your own relationship with, 
with the Lord and salvation. Take a look at that little track. It'll take you a minute to read it. It'll help explain more of what I've just been trying to say. Today begins Passion Week. This day leads up to Easter, a day of victory, a day of resurrection, a day when Jesus will have conquered the grave, a day in which Jesus, the Bible says, ascends back into heaven and sits at God's right hand. Those of you who have recognized God's coming in the person of Jesus, those of you who know that you're a child of God's, that you put your faith in Jesus, that your sins are forgiven, we know he's coming back. And it's not going to be like the first time. Jesus isn't coming again riding a donkey. He comes the next time as the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. It's not a humble appearing. It's a day when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The celebration in that day, it doesn't end. You see, here it ended. The mood changed quickly. In that day, the celebration and worship of Jesus is eternal. The palm branches in John chapter 12 that were waved as they sang their hallelujahs, they were thrown to the ground. Did you know that there's day, a day coming again in the book of Revelation when palm branches will be picked up again and waved in celebration of our Lord? And God's people will be there. Look at Romans chapter 7 with me, and I want to close with these verses. This is a glimpse into heaven and the people of God there it says, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Take your hymn books, if you would, please, and turn with me to hymn number 175. This song speaks of that second coming of Jesus. 175. Look, ye saints, the sight is glorious. See the man of sorrows now. From the fight return victorious, and every knee to him shall bow. Crown him, crown him, crown him, crown him. Crowns become the victor's brow. What a day that will be when Jesus comes back again. And the celebration does not stop, but it continues throughout all eternity. God's people will continue to praise him. Let's stand together and sing this in closing.
crowns crown him, rich the trophies Jesus brings in the seat of enthroned him while the thank you for salvation this morning. We thank you that you have offered it to your people. Father, I pray this morning that there is no one here who leaves these doors that has not made a profession of faith, but that they have trusted in Jesus that this might be their day of salvation. Father, we look forward to the day when you're coming back. Not as the first coming. What a day that will be. What a glorious sight to be able to look into the face of Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.